This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's Flames Nation Radio. It's Ryan. It's Shane. It is almost. It's the. We're recording this on. I guess the first day of summer. The summer summer solstice, June twenty second, is going out early on the twenty third of June. Happy summer, everybody. We made it. Uh, it's Flames Nation Radio, delivered to you by DoorDash and by the lovely people at Eau Claire Distillery, the makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. And it's it's the off season now. And hopefully you're all enjoying yourselves, have a chance to go outside and enjoy some of the hopefully non-rainy weather when you're listening to this. It's, it's Alberta and it's, a, a, you know, a season. So there's a good chance it might be raining or snowing at any given time. So when it's not, take advantage of it. Uh, it's been a busy, like a weirdly busy week, Shane. Uh, it's it's been a lot of uh, drama. So let's, un, let's, un, let's unnecessary drama. Let's hit the let's hit the news really quickly. So one, uh, the Flames are officially going to be taking part in the Young Stars Classic tournament in Penticton in uh, the, fir- the the third weekend in September, second weekend in September, mid September. Uh, first games are on Friday, the sixteenth of September. It runs through until uh, the the Monday, which I believe is the nineteenth, and then they fly home, and then it's training camp time. So that'll be fun. It's good to have, it's, you know, it's, it's a nice uh, way to, to ease yourself into the hockey season. Um, so if you have any vacations or, or loved ones you want to see, uh, you want to get, you want to just tell them as of the 15th of, of September, uh, you know, try to find you between whistles. That's the goal. So the Flames will be one of four teams in that tournament uh, that they haven't really done the tournament. So the Flames haven't been part of the tournament in a while, Shane. So no. See if I can remember this, if I can get this straight. So uh, I believe in 2019, the Flames went to China. 18 or 19 went to China. One of the, they, they, one year they, 18, 19, because that was the year they, they had Neil. Yeah, 18, 19, they went to China. And so the Flames were invited to the tournament. They said, well, we're, we're going to go to China. It wouldn't really work out. So uh, the Flames didn't participate because they were in China. The year afterwards, uh, they did uh, just a couple of games with the Oilers on their own because, I don't know, they, they want to try something different. There were rumors at that point that the Flames might be looking with the Oilers at starting something in Red Deer, like a, a broader tournament because, I don't know, travel to and from, you know, Penticton is a bit of a pain in the butt. Doing it to Red Deer is a lot easier. And you can check out the donut mill and everyone and loves the donut mill. And they could leave Conroy there if they really want to. <laughs> Again. So, yeah. So the, the flames haven't been part of this tournament in a while. It was supposed to be back in 2020. That obviously didn't materialize for the reasons you can imagine. They were looking at maybe doing it last year. Again, didn't quite work out. So this year, knock on wood, it's the back to normal Penticton tournament. 
Uh, it's kind of back to basics this year. It's just Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so four, four teams that look, they might be expanding it in future years, but I think they just sort of want to get all these teams, some reps in and sort of do it back to basics. So ticket information will be out soon. Um, it's a fun week. Uh, you get to, you know, Penticton, if you've ever been to Kelowna at any point or Penticton at any point, it's a nice little area. It's pretty, you can do wine tours, you can do golf tours, you can do whatever. So if you, uh, if you have, a you know, uh, a, uh, you know, a favor to pull in with the, the better half or with your buddies, uh, Penticton's a great place to go. Uh, you can, you know, you can do, you know, nice, you can do non-hockey things with your non-hockey friends or spouses during the day. And then you can go to hockey at night. It works out really well. So uh, that's our cheap plug. Uh, it's at the, at the really, really nice uh, South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton. It's a beautiful facility, very modern, very clean. Uh, they, they wish they got to use it more than they do. It's the home of the Penticton Vs, who are a very fun hockey team, uh, who occasionally put players in the NHL. So that's the make news uh the other things uh two we'll get two things out of the way right away one we have no idea what's happening with johnny gaudreau the, nothing uh lewis gross does has not been responding to our calls emails and carrier pigeons nor has brad living granted at this point we're used to brad living ignoring our phone calls emails carrier pigeons uh notes on a string tin can telephones uh if, if gaudreau is signed they tell us uh if gaudreau is close to be signed someone would leak it out so uh Nothing's done, nothing's close, but who knows, by the time this comes out, maybe that changes. Uh, also, uh, I'll just put this out there. So uh, on earlier this week, there is a report from ESPN Kevin, ESPN's Kevin Weeks about Ryan Huska potentially getting hired as the, the coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. All I can tell you is that he hasn't been hired as of right now. Uh, I don't know if he's been interviewed even. Uh, I find it weird that we only really say nice things about uh, good people in sports when either something horrible happens to them or something great happens to them uh, in the sense of on one hand, you know, Chris Snow has been a very nice human being pretty much as long as I've known in the better part of a decade. Uh, so it's kind of, let's say nice things about people when we don't have, you know, nervousness around them. Uh, Chris Snow, very good person, doing really well as AGM and kicking ALS's ass as of this writing. And so hopefully that continues. He was at the NHL Awards uh, the other night, uh, which we'll transition to some talk we'll do in a second. But Ryan Huska runs the defense, very qualified coach, very good coach. Uh, again, known him for the better part of a decade too. Had the, the good pleasure of knowing him and covering him uh, in various capacities in the Flames organization. Um, Best I know, the, the the as far as I know, the Flames, the plan right now is they're going to have the same coaching staff next year because the coaching staff is pretty good last year and they would like to continue that. Uh, but they also, you know, it's been brought up by Pierre Lebrun uh, and various other group uh, folks. The Flames have, you know, Mitch Love in, Stock, er, in Stockton, soon to be the Calgary AHL team that is, remains unnamed, Jewish one coach of the year. Ryan Huska, uh, you know, he was the interim coach before Daryl Sutter came in. In, in. He got two games in as a head coach. Uh, he's very well regarded league-wide because, you know, he does a good job with the young D and the penalty kill. And he was a good AHL coach. The, the Heat were pretty good and kept producing NHL players while he was the head coach. Uh, you know, again, Kale McLean, he's the eye in the sky for the Flames right now. They've been very good this year. Uh, when teams, when the Flames make adjustments mid-game, that is partially the head coach and partially uh, Kale McLean calling down saying, hey guys, 
Should we try X? So uh, again, he's a, an up and coming coach. Kirk Muller has been, you know, he has a very good reputation as, a, as an NHL player. Uh, he's developed a pretty good reputation as a, a power play coach. The Flames power play was top 10 this year. Uh, so uh, as I say, if, if you hear a rumor that the Flames might be losing one of their coaches, consider the source, but I'd also be inclined to believe them. Like the reason, you know, we, we all got excited for Husk very quickly because, you know, he's, He's a good coach and, you know, it's believable that other teams would want to hire him away. But again, yeah, our it best, says, our best, no, uh, our best information as of this taping is that he has, I don't think he's been interviewed. I don't know if he's been, uh, you know, if they've had any talks, but he, he's definitely someone who's got some buzz around him, but I don't know if Chicago is going to be a place he lands simply because I don't know. They haven't talked to him from what and, I'm told. So, and if he's got any consolation prize, he can go online and see all of the great things that were being said about him. I, so again, everyone again, thought he was going to be. Everyone we, thought he was about to be hired. Bless you. Uh, he's so one of, again two two of the good people in sports, uh, in Chris Snow and Ryan Huska. And of course, we only say things when you know we yeah. only really say nice things about them when you know when th- things that are either exciting or you know kind of kind of nerve-wracking happen to them so we'll we'll say this uh two good people chris snow and uh ryan huska it was really cool i don't know if you watched the nhl awards uh on uh, tuesday night it was a, they got it done in an hour which is great i That's yeah fantastic. they kept it tight and they managed to get some good stuff in they kept it tight it right under an hour and they managed to have a lengthy standing ovation for chris snow as he went uh he and his family uh you know his his wife kelsey and uh, their kids willa and cohen went out to uh they presented the norris trophy to Kale McCarr, a Calgary kid. So it was kind of cool to see uh, Calgary people uh, <laughs> presenting an award to a Calgary kid. But I don't know. I think it was it was super cool to sort of see the, the how they programmed that award show. It was kind of cool. They got done in an hour, and they had time for some really cool moments. Yeah, uh, and and Keenan Thompson was hilarious. Uh, Keenan Thompson uh, using Daryl's press skits to uh, to create like an SNL style skit was my favorite part of the night. Uh, I was giggling and laughing, and it was truly tremendous. So shout out Keenan Thompson and shout and, out Daryl Sutter for always. Uh, Always keeping us on our toes. And Keenan Thompson with his, I think, what he had two, two or three. He had what three really good lines. I'll, I'll try not to butcher them. One, uh, there'll be no fighting. This is the NHL awards, not the Oscars. Gold. Two, uh, Austin Matthews is the only is the only person who scores more in Toronto than Drake. Bam. And finally, and it got cut off the American broadcast the show. Uh, it got, cut off, it got cut off in the ESPN broadcast that I was told. But at the end of the show in the Sportsnet feed in Canada, uh, the last line before they cut cut the feed was, it's it's nice to see the Leafs winning something in June. Bam. Oh. Dan, oh he was, no comeback, man. They can't come back to that. They can cry about it, but there's if, nothing he can do. If we could make a recommendation to the NHL, two things. One, Chris Snow on the awards show every year. Actually, three things. Chris Snow on the awards show every year. Just do it. There's... It's never, it's never not going to be heartwarming. Uh, two, keep it under an hour. That an hour, it flew by. There was, there was no filler. They just went boom, 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 boom. Like it, it's, it was quick. it's, it's, and it was good. It was, it was quick and it was good. Uh, and they didn't need to overdo it with anything to fill time. They had just enough content to fill. Three, Keenan Thompson needs to host this thing every, every year. Either him or John Hamm. Pick one of those. Whoever's free. One of those two guys, and then just keep them on an hour. Well, they when they cut out, they just did the major awards, right? 
Like, like that was the kicker. They, yeah. they announced all the minor ones ahead of time and they just did. I think, the major, I think the, the, the major award, MVP the, by the, the most players. major award that they, that they did not announce in that show was the Selkie. The Selkie yeah. was done separately. I don't mind it. I think if you did six awards on that show, you'd have to cram them all in. I think five is the sweet spot. You got, you know, you got, you know, you got 10 minutes of content for each award and then you have some, some stuff you could fill in. They did uh, a nice tribute to Willie O'Ree. They did uh, an in-memoriam reel. They had enough time to do, you know, give, give some props to different groups and different organizations. And, you know, it was, it was, it was just really well done. So, you know, we, 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 you'll, off in media and in podcasts wherever we tend to complain a lot when things don't happen that we don't that we have things that happen that we don't like so we'll give the nhl credit and, and this their television partners credit they did a fantastic job with that broadcast and there was a lot of flame stuff on that like there you know daryl sutter was the only flame who won an award this year uh he was the, the he bit obviously he finished first place for the jack adams award but uh, other other te- other guys who will receive I, I assume they get plaques or some sort of a commemorative something uh johnny gaudreau was voted the first team all-star left winger uh matthew kachuk was the second team all-star right wing and jacob markstrom was the second team all-star goaltender uh elias lindholm finished second uh behind uh patrice bergeron for the selkie and jacob markstrom finished second behind uh, uh igor shesterkin for the uh the vesna and johnny gaudreau finished fourth place for the heart vote so that's that's a lot there's a lot of flames pretty much all over everyone's ballots. And I think rightfully so. I mean, you know, if you go up and down that roster, there was a lot of good, uh, a lot of good things happening all over the place. And what was, what, what stood out to you amongst the, the awards and the voting and everything you've seen award related chain? Uh, I am not going to complain because Kachuk like too hard because Kachuk actually did get a notification. I personally think he's the first all-star right wing in the league, but I mean, your mints and words, you still get recognition and they still go, later towards uh hall of fame possible recognition and stuff like that so they all get it there uh shister can rightfully won the Vesna in my mind uh markstrom what to it was him or soros a second for me it, a coin flip between those two um yeah selkie was uh bergeron had an unreal year like i i lindholm was great and should have been on ballots but Ber, what bergeron did this year statistically and on the ice uh, was was fantastic some of the best stuff he's ever had. So rightfully so he deserved that one as well. Um, I just like looking at all the ballots. I, I, we were talking before we recorded. I love when uh, I'm looking at the, cause Frank Cervelli, he's the president of the professional hockey writers association released everyone's ballots this morning, this afternoon. And we, I like, the, the ballots have been public since I think 2018. Yeah. And so this year's got released and I love looking for anomalies. I love looking for someone that adds something and, uh, Shout out to Thomas Durance of The Athletic. He put Chris Tanev fifth on his Norris ballot, which I love. I love having a defensive defenseman, uh, someone who plays at such a high defensive level at, against top-level competition, get some recognition. Uh, Durance obviously saw him a lot when he was in Vancouver. And, he's, uh, I'll say this. Uh, you know, we, we, I, I know Durance uh, fairly well. He watches everything. He, you know, he's... He, if some if there's a hockey game going on late at the Eastern time in the Pacific or Pacific or Mountain time zone, he's probably watching it. And I mean, let's give credit where it's due. Like Chris Tanev, you know, in in you know the previous season was the best Flames defenseman. He was the the fixer, and he you know he I think the only recognition he got was some Lady Bing votes last year. This year, I mean, yeah, you could you know the he was you know the best defenseman. 
all-around defenseman on the second best defensive team in hockey right so i mean you can't really it's it, it can't really give too much flack to, to drance because as soon as no. as soon as i, as as I no. saw my two reactions were you know i'm like huh because drance actually got ahead of it he tweeted out it's like someone uh, i think it was Haley Southie of the of the athletic mentioned oh that's kind of interesting Tanev got a fifth place vote and then drance is pretty proactive he, he retweeted was like yeah that was me here's my ballot and <laughs> yeah like he he wore it as a badge of pride and i think he should because i as soon as i heard the vote of like Oh God, that's so, it's a smart move. Like it's, it's a bold yeah. vote because it's sort of out of the ordinary, but with the more you think about it, the more the, the Norris is meant to be for best all around performance in the position. And yeah, I, I'd say Tanev, he, he wouldn't have, he wasn't fifth on my ballot. I don't think I would have strongly considered him, but I value different things about defensemen necessarily than other people do. And, you know, that's why we have 200 people voting. There's one award I would like to add, and I think a lot of people would, if the NHL could find a way to create, they have a defensive forward award. They don't have a defensive defenseman award. They have two awards for the goalies too. They have the Jennings, which is least goals against. And Gen- Meg- Jennings, uh, Jennings is statistical. Team award. It's, it's, it's team like award saying too. like, yeah, you have the Jennings for giving up no, giving up the fewest goals. You have the, the Rocket Richard for scoring the most goals. You have the Art Ross for, for scoring the most yeah. points. And so, yeah, I could, I could, I could totally see the justification that I, if I, if it was up to me, I'd make two, I'd make two changes. One, I would give the lady being the NHLPA, uh, let the NHL players decide who the most gentlemanly player is. I think that'd be interesting. And then I'd replace that with the, with like the Rod Langway award for best defensive defenseman, whoever you can name it after whoever the hell you want. Good name. You could, well, you can name it after anyone that's been like, honestly, Nick Lidstrom should have an award named after him. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, while we're on that topic, so Patrice Bergeron basically has dominated the, the, uh, the Selkie conversation since basically the last decade retired since that's who retired. Do you, would you ever entertain the idea of renaming the award after Patrice Bergeron he retires? You'd have to fight me on the Datsuk thing because Pavel Datsuk was a magic. They called him the magic man for a reason. And we recency bias is a hell of a thing. And if I, I watched him growing up doing magic things and the way he picked, he could just pick your pocket and go the other way in one fluid motion was unreal. Um, I, I would entertain that. I would enter like we've renamed awards before. The Lester B. Pearson is now the Ted Lindsay Award. So yep. it, there's precedent and it keeps it modern and it keeps it, uh, you know, it keeps it interesting. And it, it it's honors. It's a really good way to honor fantastic, great players that devoted their life to the game. And like you could honestly rename the Norris Trophy anything like Bobby Orr Trophy or the Nick Lindstrom or the Ray Bork. Like like there's there's so many options uh, for that. I, I personally am a huge Nick Lindstrom fan. I think he's one of the best defensemen that's ever played hockey. So um, that's but that I also grew up like that's from age ten to twenty. That's when I was watching. I was watching prime Nick Lindstrom. So <laughs> it's uh, everyone's a little biased on who who they like to watch based on who they watch. What, what, what did so, uh, so from from what you saw? Like were you did you were there any anomalies you saw with the balloting or anything made you go, mm, or for the most part, like I, I look, I basically skimmed through them and I, you know, as a voter myself, my initial thought is, Oh God, don't let me do something stupid. Cause like you're, you know, when, when you're in there, you're in the bubble, I mean, all disclosed freely. Uh, you know, after I came up with my ballot, I bounced some ideas off Shane. I'm like, am I stupid? Like, this is what I, I, I walked him through after we recorded an episode right before we, we uh, I submitted my ballot and I basically, we stopped recording and I walked him through my ballot and said, does this make sense? 
here's yeah. my logic does this make sense and shane you know he he was like oh so that's, that's fine you know you don't sound too stupid i mean i disagree i think, I think the phrase things, like i think the phrase you use with the regular the yeah, I, I like right now, uh, there's one ballot uh, and someone draw attention to me that was crazy because he had Patrice Bergeron fifth on his Selkie behind David Kampf of the Maple Leafs. That's, uh, and I'm not criticizing him. I would just like to hear his logic. Uh, Seth Rohrabur, Rohrabur, I'm saying his name so bad. Yeah, from, uh, uh, from Pittsburgh. From, Seth. from Pittsburgh. And he actually others. had a few things. He had Johnny first on his heart ballot. He, he, he had quite a few interesting picks and I would love to just sit and be like, can you please just tell me why I'd, I'm not a, like, I don't, everyone has a right to vote however they want to vote. I don't think that's a critical thing. They're all professional hockey writers. They've all been chosen. They've all been invited uh, to participate as a member of this group. Uh, so everyone's allowed and entitled to their opinion, but I'd still love just like, why? Like, just I'm, why? I'm curious. I'm, so. a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of wacky voting. I mean, like I'll, I'll say like my, the, I think the main thing that a couple of people mentioned on Twitter, you know, it, and I won't just say, Hey, I see you Leafs and Oilers fans, but I see you Leafs and Oilers fans. Uh, all so I had, I had my, first, my, my heart vote. My number one heart vote was, uh, I think my heart, I had uh, top three were Matthews, Matthews, Goudreau, McDavid. And then when in the all-star voting, I put McDavid one and Matthews two for center. And the reason was it's the most valuable to your team aspect versus best at position. I thought Connor McDavid was the best center at his position. He had 122 points. He was just really friggin' good all year. Well-deserved, uh, you know, first place. Uh, he, and he, I think he fin- ended up finishing second behind yep. Austin Matthews in the All-Star voting. So I was sort of an anomaly there, but I thought Matthews was more important to the Leafs success than McDavid was. And that's why I had Matthews number one for my heart voting. I think, I think I think compared to if you want to if you want to get down to it to me it was uh, McDavid was amazing but he had a dry sidle with him and you know a lot and Matthews I think had I felt like Matthews had less help well and also the even strength scoring of Austin Matthews like it was legendary this year how many he he almost had as many even strength goals as Johnny Gaudreau had even strength points although Johnny Gaudreau led the league in even strength points um but he had like 36 goals when I was doing a report and the next closest person was 22 at even strength goals and this was late in the season he had like a 14 even strength goal lead on second place and it was just unreal he's just one of the better goal scorers we've ever seen um it truly is special to watch him play. Uh, I'm a big Austin Matthews guy. He, Pike, Pike knows this. I, I'm a clutch. He's, he's fun. To, like, he, like, he scores goals and he's like, he's clutch. He's clutchy McClutch. So I just, I mean, I was interesting if, to see the guys that also voted a goaltender for the heart because, you know, we always say some people, some people say, you know, goaltending is the most valuable position in hockey. And it's like, well, then the best goalie should win the heart trophy every year, right? Like, in theory. But, yeah. uh, it, it's just hey, fun. I, I, I actually start on my, on my, uh, my heart down. I think, uh, uh, I, I, my four I, and five are just in Yossi. Yeah, I would have too. I like the Yossi one. I I'm a big uh, Pike knows I'm a big camel car guy. I love it. The way he plays speed. Okay. Here, here's uh, okay. I'm, I'm curious with you. So for the Norris, uh, I had, I, had, I uh, I had McCar or I had McCar two Yossi yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so Roman Yossi had, he, uh, I believe more he, he had more first, it was 98, 92 for first place yeah. votes. So Roman Yossi led in first third and fourth place votes 
Camel car won it in the second. Camel car won second place vote. So, like, I I find that fascinating. Just the you know, it's that it's the first place, second place distinction is yeah. what effectively like the, the you know the it was it was, it was the weird. people that picked Hedman. It was the people that picked Hedman first. Pretty much all had Makar second and Yossi third, and that's what killed Yossi's chances. That like like it was pretty much neck and neck. Like you said, it was 98-92. So that's six six vote first place difference. Yeah. But then the second place vote was like a thirty point thirty vote difference in favor of Makar. And like I said, that's the anyone that had Headman. I don't know if anyone else had anyone weird. I haven't checked it yet here. Um, it's been Yossi Makar Headman pretty much. Yeah, and honestly, I think if you want to say who are the top three defensemen in the league last year, yeah, they're those three. of those three. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Like I'm, like I said, I you know, I reasonable people are entitled to disagree. I felt strongly about my choices, and when I saw that, you know, the it was I think it was this is the only the only uh, category, uh, only major award category where I, I the guy I, I picked as number one didn't win. So I mean. That's true. Mike, mean, yeah. Mike, that's some good. That's was, some uh, self assurance there too. Like, I mean, it was close. Like, it was close. I mean, like, yeah, but that, I, I, I think those are the fun things, and you know, it's, it's going to be so much fun to watch McCarr and Yossi compete with each other. Oh, they, and, especially McCarr is so young, and Charlie McAvoy. I'm They're all so young. These I'm young bucks. Super interested in a what happens with Charlie McAvoy because the Bruins are going in a Southern direction next year. Bergeron's out. Marshawn's out there. Uh, they don't know the Bergeron's out. Bergeron's well, gonna, not going to play for anyone. He's Boston, having surgery. He's having surgery. That's what I said. He'll be out to start the year, even if he wanted to come back. Same with Marshawn, I believe. Um, and, but and McAvoy and a new coach too, because Don Sweeney's now in Vegas. So Don Sweeney's in Vegas. Pete DeBoer went to the no, Stars. No, Bruce Cassidy's in Vegas. Oh, Bruce Cassidy. Don Sweeney fired Don Sweeney's Bruce Cassidy. The GM. Don Sweeney. I get them mixed up. <laughs> it's the Bruins. They're, 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 they're all Cam Neely's in charge. That's, that's how I know things <laughs> with Boston anyways. But, yeah, no, but the coaching carousel is in full motion. There are people moving everywhere and people interviewing everywhere because there's like 12 vacancies or something like that. There's I'm, I'm over four or five left. I was over exaggerating on purpose. Um, it's okay. Okay, since we have you, uh, and Andrew Burnett is a Jack was, Adams finalist, and and very very well deserved Jack Adams finalist. I mean, yes. he was on the staff before, and then he inherits the 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 the, the gig. Yeah pretty precarious situation he has to immediately take over with no yeah. warning Co- coach q goes bye-bye and all of a sudden andrew burnett it's all on you and he you know they, they weren't great in the playoffs but a lot of teams are good in the regular season and they're not great in the playoffs. Not. it's not easy to win around like everyone was picking florida right out of the gate and i was like they've had the same amount of success as the maple leafs over the last 30 years since they they'll went be to back the final in 90 they'll be whatever. back too but i mean and I, and so i was like I, they've got to do something for I, me to actually think. i'll say i'll say this i'll say this i i get the idea of going with the guy with the track record because you know paul maurice has a, a long long resume but <laughs> brunette like what what more could brunette have done in, he um, did in the regular season right. what more could he have done now, did they exactly? let him right go this i'm gonna ask you did they let him right go or did they just demote him back to associate I don't know because so generally what generally what happens 
when, uh, like, say, I'll, I'll use the example. So when when Jeff Ward got promoted here uh, on an interim basis, uh, essentially they they you know they bring you in, say, hey, we want to make you an interim coach. And they go, okay, cool, and they drop a new contract. And usually it's a one year contract. Be like, you know, they change your money slightly, they change your title, they you know, they basically they tear up the old contract. Usually it depends on the situation. So. My understanding is that basically Brunette had a co- contract for the remainder of the year as, as as interim coach, and I assume his previous contract is an option for him. But I mean, he's done the job, and I I can't imagine it's like it's like if you're if you're running a store and they say great job running the store, we're going to bring in someone else, you'll assist him. It's like ah, that's super awkward because you did the job, man. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think the issue is there's only 32 jobs, right? Like there's only yeah. 32 jobs. You just had one. You had a good, did a good job. If, if they offer you to be an associate, take the money and wait because people and get then, hired and, from and, other companies. All and time. so, so, uh, and, and the way the sort of the gentleman's agreement in the NHL generally is that if you, you know, it's, it's pretty much like it's across the board in terms of management positions too. If you have an opportunity to get a promotion, they'll let you, they'll let you interview for it. So yeah, say, yeah. you know, uh, the example, like Kirk, uh, when, when the Flames interviewed uh, and ended up hiring Jeff Ward initially, he was an assistant coach in Boston, I believe. I think it was Boston. He was an sure. assistant coach out, out East. And, uh, you know, associate is a higher title and better pay. And so it's a promotion. And so the, the Flames, you know, the, the Flames asked for permission to interview him and they were get told, is, they were asked, is it a promotion? And they said, yes. And they said, okay, cool. Uh, for example, you know, typically like if, if say, hypothetically, if Chicago wanted to talk to Ryan Huska, the, the procedure is you know, call up the GM. Like if I'm the, if I'm Kyle Davidson, their GM, I call up for a living and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, we want to interview uh, one of your coaches for a position. And Tree would say, is it a promotion? And they would say yes. And if they say yes, sure. Yeah, okay. Talk to them. It works for management too. I mean, uh, I believe uh, the, the rumor was Craig Con- actually, I think it was confirmed Craig Conway interviewed in Buffalo when that opening was up because it was a full G, it was a top level GM yeah. position rather than assistant GM. And so, yeah, they call up and say, you know, they call the other the GM calls the GM set for, in that case, I think it was the president, president calls the GM and goes, whatever. Hey. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're brunette, I mean, I I I don't know. I assume number one thing we can I'm say very about curious Burnett if, if is he's contract. not done coaching. Like he should. One thing I can he say: Andrew Burnett's going to get another head coaching job, whether it's in Florida or somewhere else. Doesn't matter. He will. He's younger too. Like well, in terms, of, do, in do terms you, of coaching age, he is on the. Do, you, do you know who just got hired in another coaching position? Uh, so the Coachella Valley Firebirds of the American Hockey League, the the, uh, the Seattle Kraken uh, farm team that begins play in 22, 23. Uh, I believe they're gonna. They're starting off in Seattle and they're moving down to uh, to Coachella Valley. I think it's uh, a, it's the teams in Palm Springs. They're calling it Coachella Valley so that more people can come in from the area can come in. But Dan Bill, Dan Balsma is the oh. new head coach in the, yeah for the Seattle AHL team. And Dan Balsma again, up and coming coach. He's got a cup ring. He's very very good. Disco Dan. But he's sort of, you know, he was an assistant coach last year in uh, in Charlotte in the American Hockey League. Uh, you know, that was uh, their double. That there was, was the, the split affiliate, and now yeah. they have their own farm team. So he's spending off to, to coach there. But like a lot of, you know, we've saw this uh, Dallas Eakins, you know, former Edmonton Oilers coach, went down and coached in San Diego, uh, the, the the Ducks farm team, the Gulls. And then, you know, now he's the head, he's the bench boss in, in Anaheim. Uh, so that, that kind of thing happens. I'm, I'm really curious when Andrew Burnett ends up because, I mean, 
he he put in the work. I mean, you can't, you know, it's a rough, it's a rough situation. And did they do great in the playoffs? No, but a lot, they're a young team for the most part. Like they're an up and coming team. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully he gets. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. An opportunity somewhere else because, you know, it's... They score goals. They yeah. goals. They have and especially like they they had to for a while there. they had like a, a weird three headed monster in goal because they had I think Jonas Johansson for a bit and Spencer Knight and and uh, Bobrovsky and they, then Bobrovsky wasn't great for a while then they had to let Knight cook in the AHL for a little bit so they had you know, like, you know, bounce around Jonas Johansson there for a bit and then they called Knight up to end the year and he was playing pretty regularly and and fairly well obviously they went with Bobrovsky in the playoffs he had a real decent comeback year compared to what he had been he did the first time there especially when you're paying the guy 10 million dollars you kind of are like going to give him a few opportunities more than you'd give him a few other people because you're like invested (laughs) it's you know we say NHL opportunities earned but you know, you get paid based on what you did, not what you're going to do. And so that that's 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 the danger with contracts. And oh. that's that's for the coaches too. I mean, you know, uh, I think the uh, you know, uh, speak of the devil, uh, old, old old Jay Woodcroft. Oh, yeah, Todd, Jay Woodcroft. The, yeah, the NHL Woodcroft. Three. Uh, yeah, he just got a three-year deal. He was the interim coach. He got promoted. Uh, he got a full. He got a three-year contract. Uh, I believe the report is two million a year. That's a bargain. Like he's he's, he's going to outperform that contract. But I mean, he's a guy with no track record outside outside the AHL, and you know he's going to have the opportunity. Hopefully for him, because he's like a good dude, he'll have the opportunity to uh, to up his pay at some point. But I mean, you know, it's it's a. Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting situation. So it's, it's a, it's a harsh market too. It's a harsh, very, very, very critical market. And, you know, you go through a little, even a little bit of a slump and all of a sudden you're the worst enemy on the planet. And so kudos to him. He knows what he's getting into. He's been there a while and, and they did just have a fantastic season. I I said it when it happened, it was the worst thing a Flames fan could want because he's actually a good coach. (laughs) So it was like, he he got them playing the right way. He was, he was real good. Like, and he's, he's, well, I mean, a new coach bump. 
but yeah. you know, the, the, he was, he was good. Like he, he ran the bench. Well, he had some injured players. He worked around really, really well. And, you know, from media colleagues uh, who, who uh, covered the Oilers during the regular season and then covered them in the playoffs, he's good. I mean, he's talkative. He's really cerebral. He's got a good philosophy on the game and unconventional background. He was a a video coach in Detroit. Uh, So he he, he thinks the game, he's sort of uh, one of the progressive thinkers who can sort of, you know, meld, uh, you know, managing people and managing the numbers and managing the bench. Like there's a, there's a lot of little things that go into being a good NHL head coach. And so far so good for Woodcroft. I mean, he got his team past a a very game LA Kings uh, team in the first round in seven and passed a, you know, a flames team that looked like that they were going to really give them a run for their money. And I mean, they, they, they got their heads kicked in in the first game and they managed to bounce backwards. So, I mean, you know, game recognized game. And, you know, of course, how can you not dislike, how can you dislike talk or, you know, Jay Woodcroft when he opens the the press conference where you expect him to be doing victory laps around the flames. And the first thing he does is uh, give a shout out to Chris Snow. Uh, We'll give it a, if, if you're on social media, uh, go, you know, do your, uh, your weak side strong video, uh, record yourself doing something you'd normally do with your dominant hand, with your non-dominant hand, uh, the goofier, the better hashtag it, and uh, hopefully get some money raised for ALS research, because I know it's easy to be skeptical when you see, you know, oh, we're trying to raise money for charity X or charity Y, and who, who cares, you know, there's no tangible effect on them. The money raised by ALS research has contributed to research that's, you know, helping Chris Snow kick the crap out of this thing. And so I'm sure, I'm sure any number of other families who have uh, folks get uh, ALS diagnoses would love to have them be the next Chris Snow. So hopefully we have a lot more Chris Snows in the ALS community. Uh, We're making strides. We're making positive strides in a good direction. And Chris is a fantastic and beacon of an example um, nothing and, but absolute respect and and courageousness and, and, and so for Chris Snow. As an awkward transition, one of the thing one of the things that Chris Snow takes, you know, uh, he he's you know he built the data department for the Calgary Flames. Yes. And one of the things the data department does is inform their scouting and drafting. And so the the Flames, uh, you know, we we had Chris Peters on last week uh, to discuss uh, the upcoming NHL draft, where the Flames have three picks right now they might have more later. but for now they have three picks they draft 59th 155th and 219th i believe i got all those right yep. and yep. so you know on the site we've been doing uh you know our, our second round targets i posted one uh on wednesday morning about uh finnish defenseman otto Celine, who looks to be very shillingtony in the sense that when all of shillington was drafted oliver shillington had a year where he sort of he got sick and i think he got he had a minor injury i, I I don't think he had mono. Someone else had mono, but someone on his team had mono. And then a bunch of people on his team got mono that year. But Shillington was at the U18s. And then he was on the junior team for his, for his uh, club. And then he was on the pro team for a week. And then he got loaned. And then he got loaned back. And then he got to the World Junior Camp. And then he got to the World Juniors that didn't play. And then he got back to like he's, you know, he, he didn't spend more than like six weeks in any one team. And so it's hard to get stability there. Otto Celine took that to a greater extent. Otto Celine played 17 club games all year because he got COVID. He got hurt twice. He was at the Holinkas and then he made, he played pro hockey as a 17 year old. And then he got hurt. And then he used to, then he went to the U8. Like he was, he was all over the place. And when he was playing, the, the line was defensive game. Eh, not great. 
sounds kind of familiar to Oliver Shillington in his draft year. A little bit of, you know, nervousness in his game defensively. A little bit of wildness that they bred out of in the, in the AHL. Otto Celine, though, mwah, apparently chef's kiss, very high, high offensive ceiling offensively. So he's a, he feels like a home run swing in the second round. And uh, Shay, the, the, the reason I brought up Otto Celine is I'm curious if you're, say you're, you're Todd Button or you're sitting at cool. Todd Button's table, you have his ear and you get to help to take draft philosophy. So they have three picks and they might get more. They might trade them all away and have no picks. I assume they're going to try to have more picks, knowing the flames. But yeah, at the very they like least, to, they like to have a few cookies. Yeah, in the they always well. prefer to have more than, than, than fewer. So just the idea that they got three picks. And so you don't pick in, you pick once in the top hundred, you pick once in the top 150. And so if you go to, you know, if you read uh, Chris Peters rankings, his top hundred and change on daily faceoff, if you read, you know, uh, you know, our friends at the athletic, uh, you know, Corey Proman and Scott Wheeler each do a top 100 and honorable mentions, uh, Nick Richard over at uh, the Leafs nation. He uh, he's involved with a lot. I think he, I think he's still with Dauber. He's with a lot of, he, he does a lot of scouting too. Uh, he's very connected, very, very uh, well read. Uh, he does a, a top hundred. And so, and so pretty much everyone, everyone worth their salt really is a top hundred because it's hard to really go past a hundred and really be able to say anything substantial about the players. The flames of all the people you read on everyone's top hundred, the flames might get one, maybe two. If someone slips to 155, they might get two players on the consensus top 100. So if you're if you're the flames, flip, do you yeah. like do do you go for the safe pick at 59 or you'd go for a home run pick? Because you know, like you can you can do guys, you know, there's there's plenty of guys that you can you read their scouting reports and you go, so and so will be a really solid third line center. Third, you know. Not much more than that, not much worse than that. There's a few guys like that who are projected to go in the 50s and 60s. There's a few guys you're like, eh, maybe they'll be a good third-pairing guy. Eh, maybe they'll be a good third-line guy. Do you go for a guy who is sort of a, a quasi-guaranteed, you know, bottom six third-pairing guy? Or at 59, do you go for the home run space? And would that change depending on what you had in your cupboards? What I would do is... I would help. I would use the data and the scouts and everything to make my list. And then I would stick to my list. I would, I would, you make the list for a reason. You hire the scouts, you trust the scouts. You've been doing well for a long time. If I had Todd buttons here and all of a sudden a pick comes up and someone's like, Oh, this guy dropped, maybe we can get him." I'm like, no, you, you made this list. You worked all year on this list. You don't make a change last second. Trust the list. Take who's top available on your list. You don't worry about positions right now. You just take who you think is the best player available at that spot. You're not getting another pick till 155. You, you get one pick in the first whatever. If I were Brad, I'd trade down and try and get a third and a fourth. <laughs> but it just just more more chips because someone always drops. Like they've been able to find jams. We, we we've been talking about it for years. The Rory Karens, the Johnny Gaudreaux. Well, that was Feaster, but uh, but even the the Manjapanis, the Dylan Dubé's in the second round, the Rasmus Anderson's like Jack, they, Beck. They, Jack Beck's coming. Justin up. Wolf. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love Ilya Solovov too. Yan Kuznetsov seems like he's, 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 I'll say this. He might be the, the sneaky steady guy that no one's really talking about in the system because like he played in the KHL at 20. He's playing, he played 50 plus games in the AHL at 21. He's solid third pairing guy in the AHL as a 21 year old and maybe he's more than that. But I mean, 
you, you found a guy who helped you contend for a Calder Cup in the seventh round. There's value but, there. But I, there's they're gonna, there's going to be someone, some teams always take someone way higher than they should and, and, and everything. There's going to be a guy there. There's going to be someone there that projects good statistically and projects good visually. And that's, that's who I want. And I honestly, we were talking to Chris, you don't know, like from pick 20 on, you don't know what anyone's going to do. Eiserman surprised us all took more insider sixth than we thought he was crazy when that happened. Well, turns out he knew what he was doing. I don't know. I was at that draft. As soon as you pick people whispering like, Oh God, that's a good, like, it it felt like a Red Wings pick. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I wanted Matt Barzell. The year Matt Barzell was drafted, I loved Matt Barzell. I was like, and then the Flames traded their first. And then, well, then Boston didn't pick him with any of their three picks. So, I mean, <laughs> like, that was a they, great. They, they, we, we remember that infamous tweet. The, lead, the, the oh, Bruins oh, might get all three of these guys. Barzell Connor Shillington here. And, and right after it was Barzell Connor Chabot. Oh, what could the Bruins have looked like if they took those three guys? We'll never know because they yeah. didn't take them. Oh, and that's, that's like, you know, I think. For me, philosophically, I'm I'm kind of curious what the Flames do because, like, I, I if I if I was if it was up to me, I go for a D, and the guy I really like at 59, and he might not be there at 59, is uh, Thomas Amara, who played uh, as a, as a teenager in uh, in the Finnish Liga. He's Czech, but he played in the Liga, uh, so he's he's good. Uh, one of three under 18 defensemen to play in Liga last year. Um, the other one, one of the other two was uh, Otto Celine. Uh, but, you know, like, I think that, I think the big challenge is like, do you go, do you try to play it safe or do you go for a home run swing? Because I think, I, I think if you look at the, I, I think, I think if you look at the Flames forward group, I think they have enough depth at forward that if you want to take home run swings with forward, like say, let's just say, you know, if, if, uh, if the Flames try to take a forward at 59 and they whiff on him, I mean, one kind of disappointing. I mean, if you look at the Flames, I mean, uh, you know, our, our pal Mike Gould has been uh, critical of the Flames choosing to take William Stromgren in the second round last year rather than other players available. And I, I liked the Stromgren pick. He had a disappointing year, but I kind of like the philosophy of let's pick different types of players from different parts of the world. And it's like they, they have the party mentality of they don't know what they are going to need, so they try to have a bit of everything. And so all things being equal, if they're, if they work their list and they go, Oh, we're kind of, they see a few guys that sort of close to each other. They, they tend to opt for going with something different. Some things they don't have the uh, same reason they choked Ian Kuznetsov in the second round one year because they, they didn't have a shutdown guy. They went with, uh, you know, the last, I think the, the actually the same draft, uh, I believe the 2020 draft, they ended up taking Jake Boltman in the third round. Again, they didn't have guys who projected shutdown defensemen. Uh, so that, that year, they, I think that year, actually for the defenseman that year, I think what, they got Kuznetsov, Poirier, and they got uh, Jake Boltman. And, and they actually got Poirier. They got, they got the, they traded down and got the, the pick they used for Jack Bat, Jack Beck. Then uh, they also got Solyov that year. So they took four D. The seventh round, yeah. They had like nine yeah. picks. But, but if you look at, if you look at the D they took that year, they're all kind of different. I mean, you know, I mean, I would argue that Kuznetsov is a more polished, less physical version of Jake Boltman, but they're sort of, they, they're similar. Uh, Poirier is the pure puck moving guy. Uh, you know, Solyov is sort of more of a two-way, you know, fill, you know, fill in the gaps kind of guy. He can play and, with anyone. And also this draft, you're not, this guy you pick isn't going to jump right in 
anywhere anytime soon. You're not. He's club. not going to play so AHL games for two you're, years. You're looking down the line too. But again, I'm a, I'm a list guy. I'm a make your list, stick to your list. Like like that. That's how I'm. Maybe you can pros, uh, package a prospect that you you don't see. You 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 personally. You personally. Do you are you more of a? Do you go more for floor or for ceiling? Ceiling. I think that's how you have to do it. I, I go for what, what do I see? Like I want as many possible top six, 20 goal scorers on the up front I, as possible Four checkers, you know, you got guys that work hard. I care a lot about guys that aren't I, scared I to think, go into the corner. I think you can get low. I think you can get high floor, low ceiling guys from college. I think like, Smart here's an example. Garnet Hathaway is a low ceiling player. I mean, mm-hmm. He, he's, he's, you know, he's a guy who will probably end up being, you know, a, he, he's made a really good career for himself. He's a, career, a really he's good a fourth depth, depth winger. Penalty they killer they found him as a college walk-on. He did a year and a half on AHL or multiple years on AHL deals. And then they signed him to an ELC and he went, went off of money. He was a late bloomer, but he was a, you know, a high floor, low ceiling guy. He was probably never going to be more than a fourth liner, but he was, never, he was probably never going to be less than a pretty good AHLer. He was a good AHLer right away. But I think you guys, I think you can find those guys, the low ceiling guys in free agency. You can find them in, you know, if you look at some of the guys that the, the Flames have in their firm system right now, I mean, you know, a lot of them are signed to AHL deals. I mean, Alex Gallant has been a, a damn fine AHL player for them. And if he was, you know, if, well, he, got, if he popped, they, they'd sign him. They got Connor Mackey for free, right? Yeah. Like, like you stop and you Con, think. Connor Mackey is players. a defense. Connor Mackey might just be a defensive Garnet Hathaway in terms of his ceiling. But who cares? I mean, it's, it's worthwhile, right? You can find those guys. There's tons of like Logan, Logan Couture. He didn't even get invited to his draft year. Didn't even get invited to the world juniors. Like, like, like it's, it's, it, there's always something going on somewhere. You can find, you can find work ethic guys, guys with good work ethic. You'll find them because they're working their butts off and they're going to get there. They're going to work their butt there. And that's what Hathaway was. That's, that's a guy like Andrew Mangiapane. Right. Lomberg and he found a home Mason Marchment. These guys they work their butts off and they get to the the league. Yeah, you can you can find I think find I late. think you can find them late and you can find them as free agents. I mean Mason Marchment wasn't drafted. Uh, the Flames had him in development camp. Was a fifth round pick of the fifth round pick of the Panthers. Like I, I there's I all sorts of these workhorse guys. I think I think I think the draft is for ceiling. The draft is for big swings. Like the draft is for you know trusting your area guys and going. Let's get a Jack back. Let's get a you know those kind of guys. Find a Pavel Datsuk in the seventh round if we can, because why not? Well, you don't. I don't think, and you don't find those guys in free no. agents. You don't find them in in, in on the scrap heap. Like Andre you can find, Palat. You can find other guys at, in the scrap heap. Look at Andre Palat. He was one of the last players taken in the draft, and he has been Mister Clutch for Tampa this current playoff run. He's been crucial to them their their cup runs the last two years, and they got him in the seventh round. And like, he's a pending free agent. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see how much money we have to spend. There's another situation. We we'll see if they. We'll first. see if they have money left. Yeah. Uh, one one of everything. Yeah, I, I think I'm. This is why. This is why I find the draft so so fascinating because like I'm I, the, the fun the fun thing about the draft is you know uh, you, there's thirty as as Chris alluded to there's thirty two teams they probably have thirty two different lists and the reason they have thirty two different lists is even if you you know the we might at, at the end point of things we can all say man so-and-so is a good hockey player i mean you look at Connor mcdavid and that's like he's like the you know the the aristotelian ideal of what you know the platonic ideal of what a hockey player is austin matthews is pretty damn close to i mean there's you, i think i think it's easy at the end of the process to go that's what a good hockey player is 
it's a lot harder when you crank it back a bit and look at them at 16 and 17 and look for things that turn someone into a good hockey player or will produce a good hockey player in five years. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the fun thing for for us, like watching junior, watching college, watching European players going, okay, what is it about this guy that's going to cause him to pop later on? Because I'll tell you this, 32, 30, 30, or 30, yeah, 30 teams were wrong about Andrew Mangiapane multiple times. Yeah, 30, for, 30 for, teams were wrong about Johnny Gaudreau multiple times. 12, 12 rounds of wrongness before he went for Mangiapane. Yeah, he was, he was he, on the table for an entire draft. A bunch of, here's another example. Like, I mean, goaltending, goaltending is voodoo, as we always joke. Uh, but every single team in the NHL had a chance to take uh, Dustin Wolf multiple times. Every team but Calgary oh. went, eh, I don't know, he's small. And he's won his league's MVP award, for his goaltending MVP award three years in a row. Yeah, and if, and if and if the dub played uh, if the dub played full seasons, not over these COVID years, he would have broke all of Carter Hart's records for the yeah. WHL. He would have yeah. set he would have set every goaltending record in the WHL. He he he, he will probably go down legitimately as one of the two to five best WHL goaltenders of all time. And again, he probably got jobbed by he got jobbed by the pandemic. I'll freely state, you know, Everett did not get a chance to play the playoffs two years in a row. He got jobbed by the pandemic. He probably would have been, you know, he could have well, dragged Everett. Rookie goaltender goal take you to the third round of the AHL playoffs, like the conference, the last four teams remaining. Like, fantastic goals against average, great all year. Took the Col- six, six games against the best team in the AHL in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, 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 everything deserved. Flames are in really good goaltending hands, which we haven't had for a long, long time because Dan Vladar showed his they're, worth. They're, they're one. They're, they're, they're one. They're, they're, they're number one was the second best goalie in the NHL is voted by the Professional Hockey Association yeah. and by the GMs. Their number two was very good for league minimum. Their number three won the MVP, won the goaltender of the year award in the AHL. Uh, you number love Sergey. You love Sergey. Sergey. You know, for a seventh rounder, he he. Won the he was the best goaltender in the USHL by a country mile, and now he's going to go try to do it against men in college. Was it him that we were worried about where he was going to play to start this season? That was Chechilev. That was Chechilev. Okay, because they've got a few goalies. They've drafted a few goaltenders lately. Like they've actually been drafting more goalies recently than we. They've they've done three and three. They, uh, they yeah Wolf Chechilev and uh, Sergeyev in uh, yeah. 19, 20, 21. So I don't think they take them this year. No, there's no more to go. Oh, well, three picks and and you 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 let them cook. You already got yeah. your spots filled out. You're gonna probably lose. Uh, who is back up there? Adam Werner's probably gonna go somewhere. Adam Werner actually signed in uh, Sweden already. Yeah, so he's he's already gone. He's going to Malmo. Leaves a backup role for one of those other two guys to come. Me? In. Uh, no, guy has already committed to college. He's probably gonna play a couple oh, years of college. Yeah. You, you don't you don't go to the NCAA for you know. No, just you go to get an education too. Yeah, it's. If you're a seventh rounder, why not, right? In, unless you're Matt Coronado, you're probably going to stick around because unless you're Matt Coronado, you're probably not getting a hefty signing bonus. I'm very interested to see what Coronado, he came on at the tail end of this year, Coronado. And yeah, well, while we're talking, I mean, second year goes, I'm, he's, if, he's, he's one of their most intriguing prospects they've had in a very, very he, long time. I've said this before. Uh, in February, a bunch, like two or three guys from Harvard, uh, they're veteran guys, went to the Olympics, which is really cool. I mean, you know, it's a weird Olympic year. And the mm-hmm. fact, I, you, honestly, we always joke like, oh, you know, COVID shitty. Yeah, COVID shitty. No one's saying it is. But if you're Matt Coronado, your career might have gotten a little bit turbocharged by the COVID situation 
keeping the NHL players out and putting the college players in. And all of a sudden, instead of being, you know, a second line, second unit guy, your top guy for a little while. And he, he took it by the reins. He, he grabbed the ball took by them the all the way to the final really four, right? Frozen four was where they lost, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were, uh, I think they lost in the regional final, yeah. but yeah, they, they won the, they won the, the, the conference playoffs. They were not they a high seed. Yeah. They won their conference in the playoffs. They, 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 they had to, they were in it. They were lowly ranked enough by the pairwise para, rankings from, uh, from the NCAA. Uh, the pairwise rankings are basically how the, the NCAA seeds the NCAA tournament. If you win your conference, you get an automatic seed. And then it's basically the best of the rest is seeded by usually a strength. It's basically strength of schedule and your success against the strength of schedule. And yeah. so Harvard uh, was on the outside looking in. They were in a situation going into their conference playoffs that they had to win through and win out in order to be in the NCAA championships. And they won out. They And Coronado was their best player. He was the conference MVP in the playoffs. And, you know, he had a good last two, three months and if you're the Flames, you go, okay, go back to school, have a good eight months, and then sign in February or March, and then who knows what happens. So he'll, he, he's, he's uh, Matthew, or uh, Pelche is the guy, to, I think, to watch in training camp in terms of, you know, guys, him and I think Mackie will have a good chance to make the NHL. Pelche will have a good chance to make the NHL. Maybe one or two other guys. Rajishka, I think, has a really good chance to be a regular. Coronado is the guy, the dark horse to watch out for because he's not going to be a training camp. He'll be at the World Juniors in in August, most likely. Yeah. Then he's going back to school, and then you might see him again in March because March or April. Yeah, we'll tail end of the year. He's and good. you know what? Even if he signs, he play. They, Sutter's not great at you know he he's said it himself. He likes kids, twenty kid, twenty year old kids and under go win championships with your junior teams. Like go learn how to play, learn how to be a champion, go do that. Um, so I, I'm interested, but Coronado has super high end skill. Uh, he would obviously have to fit and play the right uh, checking game, but um, can, you, can you imagine potentially like imagine like your your third line could be like I don't know Pelche some I don't know who the center would be. Well, even Pelche even, Pelche and Coronado with a veteran at the middle. I mean, maybe like, I don't know. Could you imagine having the kids line? Like I doubt they would do it, but having Pelche. <laughs> Pelche, Zichka, Coronado, like up for your third maybe, line. Maybe, maybe Dubé. Like Dubé, Dubé well, has got a really good resume. Like he hasn't really played a lot of center, but I think, I think you know, we'll, we'll we can get into this later, later, I later on Dubé as we get into the summer. I think the challenge for Dubé is he needs to have a consistent role because give. I'll say this: I think the reason why like Kachuk excelled because he was given a consistent role. Manjipani, consistent role. All like I think. You give guys consistent roles, and then uh, you hope that Shane doesn't get killed by ghosts. Uh, but I, I think that's the secret, and I think I think that's going to be the big challenge: sort of making sure you have a spot for them, but a spot that can be good. Like it does not just well, where they can succeed. You, like they're not yeah. fourth line players, and that's what Sutter said about Rizichka this year. They said he's good. He's just not a, like he's a scorer. It's not his job to play on the fourth line, and we don't want him to learn how to play like that. We want him to learn how to play as a a big strong center that can dish the puck up the middle. Right. So we want them playing in a scoring line with scoring wingers. Like, like, like I, I said it all year, the fourth line's job is different than everybody else's. You can't just put, you can't just call up a kid and put them there because that's not what their job is. There has to be a specific hole. You know, he said center goes out, center comes up, left wing goes up, scoring left goes out, scoring left comes up. If Trevor Lewis and Ryan Carpenter and them all got hurt in the playoffs, I bet you we would have saw Walker Dewar because 
That's or, that. or or maybe someone like Byron Fraze or maybe someone yeah. like Justin Kirkland because they played that yeah, role. Yeah, because that's that's their jobs. That's why you need them. That's why you need those guys down there. Uh, you know, it, it, sometimes they don't get a chance, and the only chance they get is injuries. But guys like Pelche and Rizicka and Zari, their jobs aren't going to be playing that role. Their jobs are to be scoring and be ready to be there when there is an injury because injuries do happen. We saw in the playoffs, like the Flames didn't have the depth on D to replace Chris Tanev properly. They didn't. Uh, Michael Stone wasn't the piece. He I'm, played I mean, very well. You're, but you're, a lot of teams wouldn't have the depth to replace Chris Tanner. But no one has the depth. Uh, let's, 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 uh, let's wind up with a Q&A. We got two questions. Uh, first was a, kind of a fun one. We were asked, like uh, one of our friends Justin's? on Twitter asked us, uh, what's your favorite hockey movie? You go first, Mike. I, okay, I'll say this. Uh, I'm a big Jerry Baruchel guy. I loved Goon. I mean, Goon, like it's, I I feel bad for not saying Slapshot, but like Goon, I think captures a lot of the things I liked about Slapshot and then sort of put a modern twist on them. So I'm I'm a Goon 2, no, Goon, the first one, very good. That's probably my favorite right now. There's two rules, Pike. Do you have any Percocets? And don't touch my Percocets. (laughs) No, I I love Goon 2 and I'm glad you mentioned Slapshot because Slapshot is the classic. Slapshot is the first hockey movie. Um, shout out to my college roommate, Wally Sampson, his favorite movie. And he said it a thousand times was miracle, uh, which would probably get a lot more traction South of the border, uh, in terms of popularity for a hockey movie. Um, I'm going to go unorthodox because it's not a hockey movie. It's a golf movie, but it's predominantly, uh, features tons of hockey talk. Uh, happy Gilmore, <laughs> love happy Gilmore, love, love the Bruins, love the, him trying to stab people with a skate, uh, fantastic i have to say that because you stole mine i love goon i love goon i love doug glatt i love jay baruchel uh him him and 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 let's let's give a shout out to liev shriver as the 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 veteran like liev shriver yeah for those of you who who might be new new to fandom uh liev shriver early on he was the uh he was the narrator of uh, the fantastic hbo 24 7 documentaries they i don't think there's ever been a documentary better for about the sport than either the i think the second the second hbo one the second one with the uh, for this, Bruce Boudreaux swearing Washington and Boston, legendary. and because and it was there was the year that Yager was with the Bruins, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that that was legendary. The Bruce Boudreaux f bomb every third word was. It, 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 people still talk and share about it and everything all the time. I think, and now they're doing the All or Nothing series with with like the Leafs did it, and they're they're doing it's, some yeah. sort of the, the first oil, oil change used to be really good too uh, on Sportsnet. There, I actually used to watch that. It was a real behind the scenes look of what the Oilers did. Um, and uh, uh, I'll, 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 I'll give I'll give a cheap plug since I'm in a plugging mood today. We're saying nice things about people because we we, we like nice people. Jay Baruchel's book about being a, a house man born into it fantastic like it's it's basically if you want to get into the guts of just live or die fandom it's very very good and jay baruchel is just generally well he's he's a diehard habs fan and it's very publicly known and he don't miss he's like like bieber's a diehard Leafs fan and he always has been and he became he became super famous and now he uses his money to be best friends with austin matthews but hey could be worse but sticking on movies Slapshot was one I watched consistently growing up. It was tremendous. Another one that kids might like was uh, that I remember was MVP, Most Valuable Primate, where the monkey played hockey. I that was probably past your. You were probably well into college. Your your semesters of college by the time that came out, Pike. Okay, that, what that they, let's one. let's go to the other question we got this week. Uh, oh, if, from if, Will. If, if Johnny Gaudreau resigns, 
does his legacy rival I think the 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 guy who sends the question, he said, would it rival Lanny's or or Aginless? I'll I'll say I'll say this. I'll say this. Lanny wasn't a flame for very long. So Lanny, Lanny, you know, he's very good and he I don't think anyone's gonna touch his goals record. But Lanny, Lanny was only a flame for a handful of years. He was he was arguably the missing piece of the puzzle that got the flames to Stanley Cup. Take away Mm -hmm. the guy from Hannah, Alberta, and the flames aren't nearly as good. They just they didn't have that extra special ingredient that they needed and i think that's probably why he's so well remembered his last game in the nhl was the game where he hoisted the stanley cup and he got that fantastic photo of him hugging stanley cup with a smile it, he's yeah, probably drunk it. as hell too in that in that picture too but i mean that's just what joy looks like joy and relief in one photo uh Thank so you. yeah so my I, my answer to that is my answer to that question is if they want a cup if drunk if you know, because I think Jerome McGinley, the only asterisk on his record is that he never won a cup of the Flames. Lanny did. That's and so if you want to if you want to say who is the best flame of all time, I think best regular season flame of all time is Jerome McGinley by a country mile. But Money the plus. only blemish on his record that he has that Lanny doesn't, Lanny's got a ring and Lanny's name is on a trophy. You know, you know, and, and it, longevity matters because a lot of people don't know about Kent Nelson. Right, like, 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 if Kent Nelson played 15 years in a Flames uniform, he would have been, he would be up here. He would be. He he only played. They, they would have. They Kent Nelson would have learned how to play defense, though. Like that's he was he Kent Kent Nelson had the the Sven Berchi syndrome, where you know Brian Burke could probably watch watch Kent Nelson go. Well, there's three zones you got to play in. That's that's the only knock on Kent Nelson, and you could you could you could solve Kent Nelson by putting with guys who could get the puck. But but just just what he was doing and he would have been up would have would have been up there uh kipper uh i i people forget about goalies kipper soft was tremendous and and created so many new flames fans with his play and his scorpion save is still my favorite save ever of all Every, time. everything that ever everything that Mika kipper soft ever did maybe just cringe and you know go oh my groin hurts my hammies hurt just watching yeah, how live when you hear about the stories that he also would uh, allegedly i have no idea uh smoke some cigarettes sometimes uh <laughs> that that what mid game that Real darts yeah further because if you're if you're the goalie you don't need to go back and you just need to stand in the stay in your area and be ready so i mean and I'll, I'll i'll say this if you're on the if uh, johnny Gaudreau walks tomorrow he's very much in the conversation for one of the best planes of all time if he has another seven to eight years to add on to his resume i think it'd be he, hard it'd be hard to imagine that he wouldn't end up being top three or four if he leaves tomorrow, we, we, we talked about the Rushmore, right? The four, that's the thing people like, are you one of the top four? If he leaves this year, I don't think he's in the final top four for me. I, I don't. I, I think it's okay, you, Lanny, yeah. Kipper, and McInnes. Those are my four. Al, yeah, Al McInnes yeah. deserves, Al McInnes deserves his recognition. He yeah. was, he won the con Smythe. He was one of the better. I, I would, I would player. argue that, that Gaudreau would be on the backup Mount Rushmore. Yeah. With he like, would be. What, he would when, be. When, the backup Rushmore was Vernon, Vernon, Giordano, Newendike, <laughs> and uh, Gaudreau. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty that's good probably second. Probably it. That's a, that's a pretty but good that, second. But, one. You, but that's the thing. Like if you, if, you know, no one, no one, you don't, ha- you know, you don't, you don't, tend to hang banners of the second Rushmore. Sometimes you do if you like if you have like a weird system. If um, he if he stays, I think he takes Lanny's spot there because I don't think any no one's bumping Iggy, no one. 
No one's bumping Kipper to me. And I think McKinnis was more crucial in terms of overall. McKin- McKinnis won the con smite. You're not going to. Yeah. Gonna and take him and so if Johnny stays, he can take Lanny's spot, which is said that that hurts me to say that is that is my hometown brother. That is that is he bleeds Nickelback. You, you, I swear Nickelback. He bleeds. Uncle Chad would be so upset. Yeah. Not actually my uncle. <laughs> He's everybody's <laughs> uncle and Hannah. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, so yeah, I think I hopefully that's a good enough answer for you. Again, we don't know what the hell's going on with Gaudreau, but if he stays, no. he will probably be one of the, the you know remembered as one of the best of all time. And right now he's in the mix. It's uh, his choice. Let's it go is. for it's his choice. So we'll get we'll get into plugs. One, uh flamestation.ca will have all kinds of draft content. Uh we're in the middle of our second round target series. Uh, we're just finishing up uh, a few guys this week. We're looking at defensemen and forwards and pretty much anyone. Uh, Shane is going to jump in with some content in that realm too. So it's going to be good times. Uh, we're going to get really nerdy about the draft. And uh, two, we also got some history pieces looking at how the Flames have performed in undergraduate living in different rounds because, you know, we, we beg of the question, kind of weird how they get so many good players in the sixth and seventh round, eh? Yeah. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to dig into that a bit. We're going to have a uh, second. We're going to do a piece uh, just walking through the process a bit in terms of, you know, the Flames make a list. We, you know, we, we've had some conversations with folks. We're going to walk you through, you know, we don't have the list. We don't need the list. We can tell you philosophically how they build the list and how it works. So that way you can sort of imagine, you know, how it, what, how it goes from, you know, watching uh, somebody in, uh, you know, the AJHL and Okotoks uh, in October to them being on your list and where they, where they slot in and how they slot in. Uh, we're also, uh, you know, getting into, whole bunch of other stuff we'll get into free agency stuff uh again cheap plug weaksidestrong.org uh for als research also uh post your videos we're gonna i'm gonna i i have to get around to figuring out what the hell i'm gonna do because you know but i'm gonna you know i was i was thinking like oh i'll just do a spreadsheet with my left hand that'll be funny no it won't that's not athletic at all that's just i use my left hand sometimes on my spreadsheet so it's not really that impressive uh but that's the most impressive thing I do spreadsheeting, but I'll find something semi-athletic to do and get someone to film me. And then you can all laugh at how uncoordinated I am. And if you want so, and then I'll, I'll probably challenge some folks in the, the Calgary Twitter community to, to get off their wallets and, you know, embarrass themselves on video for a good cause because, you know, Hey, less research. Why the hell not? Uh, so that, I think, I think we're basically done Shane. Um, for this week, I think this, yeah, I think we're done. We'll be back next week for even more draft discussion or, uh, or if there's pertinent immediate breaking, if there, it, you know, if in the event, in the event that there's anything newsworthy that we have to do an emergency podcast for, we will do an emergency podcast. So if you want to hear us flapping our gums about something important, if slash when it happens, we will gladly do so. Uh, expect it if anything happens expect us to look just tired and disheveled as hell granted that's how i always look uh so for shane i'm ryan this has been flames issue radio delivered by doordash and by eau claire distillery rupert's whiskey the official whiskey of the calgary flames and dare we say the official whiskey of an enjoyable off season so uh if you enjoy it enjoy responsibly and we'll catch you guys in a week if not earlier if there's anything emerging or emergent uh have a great week everyone have a great summer Stay cool. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.